0: Welcome, welcome to the Orlando Real Estate Lifestyle Podcast, where we explore the intersection of Orlando real estate and your best life. I'm your host, Phil Cruz, here to help you make the most out of your journey right here in the city beautiful. Today's topic top tips for buying a home in Orlando. Now, this is regardless of if you're a first time home buyer or a seasoned buyer, but it will certainly help you if you're a first-time home buyer as well. Number one, this never changes, guys. Speak to a lender upfront, not a real estate agent first, okay? Now, if you have a real estate agent that you already have a relationship with, sure. A good real estate agent is gonna tell you or ask you, hey, have you spoken to a lender yet, okay? They can confirm what you can afford and they can turn you on to any special programs that might exist out there considering your specific financial profile. This is definitely more specific to first-time homebuyers or people with some special attributes, let's say. For example, if you're a veteran, veteran, you can qualify for, for a VA loan, first-time home buyer, and in some other cases, an FHA loan. These are loans subsidized by the government. Okay, They bring your closing costs down or to zero in some cases. Also, there's a great program called Hometown Heroes, Okay, as the name implies, certain employment statuses like being a a military personnel, a frontline worker like police, fire, teachers. There's a huge list, but they've changed this recently. Literally, as of 2023, the end of the 2023 here, they've also added if you haven't owned a home, a primary home, not a rental, a primary home, for the past three years or more, you can qualify for this program. Which again, basically. Uh, has you getting a huge benefit towards closing costs. Uh, So you pay less money up front. and it depends on the price of the home. But a lender can fill in those details for you. This is why it's so important to talk to a lender. Talk to more than one lender. Here in Orlando, we have an awesome credit union system, specifically Fairwinds Credit Union. If you're not in Orlando, I recommend going to your local credit union. They're owned by their owners. Okay, they're not a big conglomerate, you know, like the big guerrilla banks uh, are out there. Um, speaking of which, you can talk to your traditional banks, your J.P. Morgan Chase, your Bank of America, PNC, so on and so forth. But those big corporations, while they have some good people working for them and loan officers working for them, they're limited by what they have to offer, and they have their own biases and steering that they can do. So, I would highly recommend sticking with a credit union. Now, if you are a military person, or even if you have anyone in your family with military experience, could be your spouse your dad, your brother, what have you, that probably qualifies you for speaking to Navy Federal Credit Union, which is an amazing uh, lending institution, one of the top rated, if not the top rated lending institutions. Um, So don't talk to traditional banks, in my opinion. Um, Now you have direct lenders and you have mortgage brokers, okay? So direct lender is kind of like a bank, except all they do is write mortgages, okay? They don't do credit cards, uh, they don't hold bank accounts, okay? Um, They also have their own uh, packages, but since they're geared specifically towards writing or what's called originating mortgages, they generally give you better rates and better customer service than a big corporate bank would. And then mortgage brokers are independent folks, similar to real estate agents in a lot of ways. They work for themselves and they have relationships with tens, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of banks uh, and lenders, all of them. They have software and and based on your buyer profile, based on your financial profile, will spit out which lending institution offers you the best rate you specifically as a buyer. The rub is you pay more to use a mortgage broker. Okay. So if you use a mortgage broker, they're going to charge more on your closing costs. Okay. You're going to have to pay a fee to use them. Everybody is going to charge a fee by the way. Uh, Credit unions are probably going to be the the least, but also the direct lenders are going to have a low fee. All right. So you want to make sure you understand those differences and decide if you want to go with a mortgage broker or not. Now, you also need to be considering closing costs and the costs that you're going to have to pay for homeowner's insurance, insurance once you buy the home. So it's not as simple as you know, dividing out how much you're buying your home for over 30 years with an amortization schedule, which is another reason when you want to talk to a lender. It's complicated. But certainly your closing costs, we can talk about. Generally speaking, for the average home buyer, you can just pencil in that you're going to pay about 3% of whatever the price of the home is toward closing costs. Okay, So you want to make sure you have that figured out Again, while you want to speak to a lender, make sure that all the fees and everything is accounted for for your budget before you move on to the next step. And you're eventually going to get pre-approved. A pre-approval letter is a document that basically says that a particular lending institution is backing you up. They're willing to give you a loan if everything that you've told them is accurate. In order to get this, they might have to pull your credit. They may need to see a few things like bank statements or uh, pay stubs, but this isn't a full qualification process. You could also go and get pre-qualified, not pre-approved. Go through that whole process upfront, be checked up by an underwriter, which is essentially uh, the boss, if you will, of the lender. Someone who uh, legally is checking to make sure everything is legit, no fraud is happening. And that can make you one step closer to being able to buy a home more aggressively. This is something you want to discuss with your lender and with the real estate agent. Moving on, segue. Number two, engage with the real estate agent. Okay, so you've spoken to a lender already. You may or may not have been pre-approved, but at least you understand what you can afford. Now you want to engage with a real estate agent. This is before you're really ready to buy, mind you. Okay, you want to talk to somebody that you trust and that you have a good rapport with. Now, how do you find somebody like that? All right, you can just surf the internet, which can be a challenge. But I would highly recommend you talk to a family member or a peer, certainly someone that lives in your same market, that can recommend somebody to you. Sometimes a lender can do that as well. They're usually going to be able to to steer you in the right direction, okay? So find somebody recommended, talk to them on the phone, maybe meet them in person. You're going to be working with this person a lot. You're going to be talking to them a lot. And in some cases, you might be going through a lot of stress with this person. So you want to make sure that you like this person. There's a connectivity, again, a rapport because... I mean, who doesn't want to work with people they don't like at the end of the day? And you're going to make sure you get a good sense of their ethics, okay? At the end of the day, a real estate agent is, fiduciary, is a fiduciary. They're responsible for your best interest. What you say goes, you're the boss, period. Now, a good real estate agent like myself and a lot of other colleagues I work with will advise you if you're going against your best interest. They'll say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, I don't think that's a great decision. I think this is what we should do. But ultimately, if you push and say, this is what I want to do, they, are, they, they have to essentially do what you say. Now, if you're going to ask them to do something unethical, they can certainly say, I, that's not something I'm willing to do. You're going to need to find another real estate agent. It's extremely rare. You want to make sure you find a market expert. Ask them what their opinion is of the current real estate market. Feel them out. Ask them what their experience is. Do they have any experience flipping homes? A lot of agents do. Or building homes. A lot of agents do, yourself, myself included. You know, their people skills also and how they manage those questions, okay, kind of translates to how they're going to be able to negotiate on your behalf, okay? Because there are emotions and feelings involved because we are humans after all. And if you got a real estate agent, that's just a hammer when it comes to negotiations. Oftentimes I can turn off a seller or their listing agent, okay? You want to try and keep things copacetic, there's a fine line between between being aggressive and representing the buyer's interest and just being a jerk, okay? And you want to make sure this particular real estate agent is good at contracts, paperwork, and is organized. And I would advocate, because especially busy real estate agents, got a lot going on, that they have a team. At a minimum, a transaction coordinator and probably an assistant in their office that can help them keep track of things and manage the paperwork. That is just what all companies do. And a real estate agent should be no different. Finally, you want to broadly start looking at homes at this time. Okay, I'm not talking about going to see homes. Sure, go do open houses if that's something you're into. Uh, You can have your real estate agent set you up a broad search based on your budget that you already know Okay, from speaking to your lender and some of your preferences. And then from there, and then also certainly use Zillow.com, Realtor.com any of those websites that you're comfortable with because they may have a better user uh, experience, do that real estate agents should not be offended that you're doing that and not using their emails. And that way, when you are truly ready, you have a great understanding of which neighborhoods you wanna be in and what sort of price you're gonna have to be able to handle in order to move in. So once you've done all that, and I think I should pause here and mention, at this point, you should be about six months away in your mind from buying a home. Okay, the average home buyer takes about three to six months to find a home that they want and start offering, okay, on a con- to, to get under contract and eventually get to the closing table. It takes anywhere from 30 to 45 days once you're under contract to get to the closing table. We're not going to get into the details here. I'm going to try and keep things basic for home buyers, but just have that time frame in mind. So you've talked to your agent, you've got your lender more or less in place. Okay. Now you want to start really whittling down. Maybe it's at the three-month mark. Okay. Maybe your back is up against the lease coming, uh, is going to expire. Maybe your spouse is about to give birth or you have a job change coming, something to that effect. Three months out, you want to be hitting the gas. You want to start really understanding what is most important to you. Proximity to your place of work, your interests and way of life, traffic on I-4, right? All those sorts of things should be baked in to, and not just the home itself. Bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage. It's good to understand all that, obviously. And your real estate agent can help you whittle that down based on your current living experience and what you project to be living like in the future. Like, for example, if you plan on starting a family or having more than one kid. Okay. Okay. Once you pick a neighborhood, though specific neighborhoods, and I would say you try your best to whittle it down. Say, I want to live in, you know, Winter Park, but where specifically in Winter Park? If you're by Park Avenue, you're going to be spending millions of dollars versus other older pockets of Winter Park, College Park, Soto. You want to pick neighborhoods with similar character. Maybe you want to live farther away from the city center because you want more of a planned community feel, but that's gated. Okay, make sure you understand that. Go to those places. Okay, go there on the weekend. Go there one night after work. See if you can drive through in the morning or maybe during your lunch break. Do your best to really make sure you understand these neighborhoods top to bottom before you commit to spending your valued time and resources into looking at homes in there. Because if you either buy there and end up you don't, you decide you don't like it, that's can't really send it back, can you? Um, Or if you realize during the process that, man, I shouldn't have been looking here at all. Oh, what a waste of time, right? So, Uh, To that point, though, you also want to understand the school systems and the future resale value and future rentability of that area. Okay, Most people, when they buy a home, they're going to end up selling it when they buy their next home. But a lot of people also think, hey, this is a long-term investment for me. I'm going to buy this home, especially if you're a first-time home buyer, and I'm going to sit on this home. Okay, I'm going to rent it out, and I'm going to create a nest egg for myself. Well, in order to do that, you want to make sure that the schools are good because generally speaking, families are buying the majority of homes, okay, in, in any particular major metropolitan area and good schools attract families and therefore bring up resale value, okay? So you want to look for good schools and you want to look for major employment centers. You want to be near UCF, right? You want to be near downtown, near any of the major hospitals, okay? You want to be near-ish, right? I-4, 408 places where people can get from point A to point B really fast because maybe they're not living near their employment center, but they can sure as heck get there fast. You want to be near popular restaurants and all that stuff, nightlife. You get what I'm saying. Consider all that. Now, if you find these neighborhoods that you really want to live in, let's say Winter Park, for example, are just outside of your budget, you want to try and expand your search away. Generally speaking, the farther away from the city center, with some exceptions, the prices are going to go down. You might want to consider new construction in some of these areas outside of Orlando, like north, south, and west of Winter Garden, okay, out east or south, below uh, Lake Nona, uh, up farther, north, like Deland de Berry. okay, you can get a lot more bang for your buck uh, up there. okay? Granted, yes, you have to drive farther, but you know, it's a give and take. So just be prepared for that. But if you're going to do that, you want to make sure you understand if they have homeowners association fees or condo fees. Okay, let's just jump in here. That also means townhomes and condos, right? Especially if you're a first-time home buyer or you really want to get a foot into a specific neighborhood, you should consider townhomes and condos. A lot of people don't even consider it. Say, no, I have to have a house. I have to have a yard. I don't want to be sharing a wall with somebody else. That's up to you. It depends on really what's important to you. Is it really that important to have a yard and not sharing a wall? Or is it more important to you to be in your kid's school district or in your desired school district dist- uh, district or to reduce your commute dramatically by 30 minutes there 30 minutes back how much is your time worth sitting in a car okay and oftentimes the condos and the townhomes are less expensive than a single family home all things considered in the same kind of a neighborhood now again the hoa homeowners association fee okay that gets added on usually paid monthly sometimes it's quarterly but basically whatever you owe throughout the year for ho- homeowners association dues You're going to divide out by 12. You're going to pay a little piece of it every month. You want to make sure you understand that when you're assessing the price, your real estate agent will obviously or should obviously be able to point that out to you and make sure you understand how much that's going to add to your bottom line every month. In some cases, if you're at the top of your budget, it might throw you out. Finally, number four, don't be ready until you're 100% ready. And the reason I say that is because we're all emotional humans here. And the last thing you want to do is think you're ready, go all in, start looking at the homes, start making offers only to realize then that you're not ready only to realize then that you actually can't afford it or only to realize then that your spouse isn't ready to move forward. Something like that. Protect your emotions. You don't want to fall in love with the home and then have your heart broken. It stinks. It happens all the time. With that said, You need to go in there with your eyes wide open. Look, no house is perfect, okay? I built new construction. I'm living in a brand new house. It's not perfect. We made mistakes, okay? You buy new construction, maybe the builder messed up some things. You bought a house that was freshly renovated or flipped, there's gonna be some issues, okay? Be prepared to settle on certain things. If you do, your buying experience is gonna be a lot easier. For example, oh, I have to have a fence because I have a dog, okay? Some houses don't have fences, if it checks all your other boxes, you could have a fence installed. Same with a pool, right? Oh man, I really want a pool. Well, guess what? You're probably going to pay a little bit less because the home doesn't have a pool, and you can save up and have one installed, and probably have one installed that's smaller and more manageable uh, and and safer um, than a big large pool. And I say safer because kids falling in, but probably nobody cares about that. Uh, further, you want to worry about you don't need to worry about a garage or a town um, a carport, in my opinion. Okay, you can add a storage shed in the back if a garage is huge for you now. Of course, certain people have to have a garage. I get it. But my point is, be prepared to make some concessions. If you do, you'll be able to get into a home faster and get this process over with and start investing in your own home as opposed to investing in somebody else's rental property. Okay, understand the process associated with going under contract. Understand the basics of what the contingencies are associated with a contract, i.e. how can you back out of the contract if at the last minute or once you sign the contract, you realize maybe this isn't the home for you or you guys do an inspection and realize that, wait, hold on a second. There's way more problems than we realized. Okay. Make sure your real estate agent explains the whole process to you. And if maybe you bought a house before, but it's been a while since you bought a house. Have them re-explain. Things change. The contracts change every few years that real estate agents use. Understand that. Know yourself. Know your buyer profile. Who are you as a buyer and how is someone selling their home to you going to view you? And What do I mean by that? Maybe you're a buyer that doesn't have a lot of cash saved, so you need to be asking for a closing cost credit. What that means is you're asking the seller To essentially provide you, essentially lower the price by three, five, whatever it is, thousand dollars, so that you're paying less upfront in closing costs and retaining cash in your pocket. That's going to make you a less attractive buyer to a seller. A seller wants somebody paying cash, right? Well, that doesn't often happen. Then they're going to want somebody who's getting a loan, but it's a traditional loan with no contingencies associated with it. Maybe they're putting a big chunk of money down as a down payment. Those are the people that a seller wants because there's less risk associated with that. If you are someone who you think might be viewed as a risky buyer, you want to make sure you understand that and be aggressive. You always want to be aggressive though, but especially if that's the type of buyer you are. If you find a property that you fall in love with and that you want to get, go get it. Okay, Don't get caught up in the minutiae of nitpicking the price Go get what you want, especially in this market when we have super limited inventory. If you dilly dally, if you try and lowball, if you try and nickel and dime the seller, you're going to lose that home out to somebody else. Okay, be prepared to waive contingencies. Now, of course, as an agent, we're going to walk you through the process and make sure you fully understand what that means. Okay, right? You go to want to get the home inspected almost always, but in some cases you don't. Phil, I want this house. What can I do to get it no matter what, especially since I'm asking for closing costs back? Maybe you say, I'm going to waive the appraisal contingency, meaning even if the house appraises below contract price, I'm going to buy it, okay? A lot of different ways to do it. So be aggressive, know yourself, you can do this, it's awesome, Orlando is the place to be, and hey, while you're here, hook me up with a review or leave a comment and follow me everywhere at... Phil Cruz, Orlando Realtor. That's Cruz with a K. Your best life in Orlando is within reach. Keep embracing every moment. Cheers.